0: Section 10, chapters 19 and 20 of The Corner House. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Corner House by Fred M. White. Chapter 19. Stolen. Not till now did Gordon Bruce fully appreciate the blow that a cruel fate had dealt him; at first he had been confused and bewildered and a little disposed to doubt the evidence of his senses. There was a vague hope that it was a trick, a mistake that a moment would rectify. He had not been arrested yet. His own voluntary evidence, backed up so strangely by the evidence of Hetty and the reporter, had staved that off for the present. But really things were almost as bad. He had his own friends, of course, who were prepared to back him up through thick and thin, but there were others who passed him with a cold bow or cut him altogether— He had called at one or two houses professionally, where he had been informed that his services would no longer be required. It was a bitter pill to swallow, but Bruce met it bravely. Even Hetty did not quite guess what he was suffering. He was only too glad of any excuse to meet her now, anything to get away from himself and his own disturbed thoughts." And he had not so very much faith in Lawrence, despite the latter's pretty gift of prophecy. The artistic temperament is always a sanguine one. Hetty was waiting for him now in Lawrence's study. She looked bright and cheerful, so that Bruce kissed her passionately. It would be hard if he could not live up to her courage and devotion. "'My poor boy,' she whispered, "'my poor boy!' but it is not going to last. The truth is bound to come out before long, and then it will be like one of those queer bank panics. Only weather the storm, and you will be more sought after than ever. Bruce forced a smile to his lips. If you can be brave, so can I, he said, and perhaps Lawrence will bring off one of his wonderful problems. But one thing I'm pretty sure of, it has nothing to do with your employer, Countess Lalage. Bruce came in puffing one of his eternal cigarettes. His manner was full of confidence. "'I wanted to have a chat with you two people,' he said. "'In the first place I have made a startling discovery. "'Of course you know that the victim of the Corner House tragedy changed four hundred pounds for notes at the National Credit Bank. "'We know that somehow or other half those notes found their way into the possession of our friend Bruce here.' Now, did it not strike you as strange that nobody should worry about the other half? Perhaps already disposed of elsewhere, had he suggested? Perhaps. Or the poor fellow might have had them in his pocket with the list. But the notes were there, and, as a matter of fact, I have quite recently had them all in my hands. Bruce's listless manner departed. His respect for Lawrence began to revive again. When did you see them? he asked. Did Prout— Prout, that estimable man is not likely to help much in a complicated case like this. As a matter of fact, I saw those notes in Isaac Isidore's chambers this morning. They had been paid to him in a certain fashionable house where they were gambling heavily last night. Can you guess where the house is? Bruce shook his head. Hetty shook her finger at him disapprovingly. "'How slow you are,' she said. "'Where does anything happen that touches on this case? "'And I know where there was some heavy gambling going on last night. "'The incident took place in the drawing-room of No. 1, Lytton Avenue.' "'Is that really a fact?' Bruce cried. "'Honestly,' said Lawrence, "'I was there and saw it. "'Isidore has a perfect figure memory and spotted those numbers at once.' BUT UNFORTUNATELY IT WAS IMPOSSIBLE TO IDENTIFY THE PERSON WHO INTRODUCED THE NOTES INTO THE ROOM, AS THERE WERE SO MANY OF THOSE BITS OF PAPER ON THE TABLE. BUT I SHALL FIND OUT. I KNOW WHAT THE ENEMY'S NEXT MOVE WILL BE. Do ENLIGHTEN US A LITTLE, HETTY PLEADED. WELL, I WILL. FROM THE VERY FIRST, THE MYSTERY HAS DEVELOPED EXACTLY ON THE LINES LAID DOWN IN THAT SKELETON STORY I TOLD YOU OF. MY LOCALE WAS THE CORNER HOUSE, AND THE PLOT STARTED THERE. Did I not forecast all about the Spaniard and the lights going out and everything? It is easy when you know how it is done. Therefore I was quite prepared for the next move. But nobody has seen this plot, said Hetty. My dear girl, what I have just told you proves the contrary. Much as I owe to coincidence, I am not going to swallow that." Now, I have not so much as taken the trouble to look at that synopsis which was pigeonholed in my desk a long time ago. It would be useless to look for it. "'And why?' asked Bruce. "'Because I feel quite sure it isn't there,' said Lawrence. "'Now take my keys, Hetty. I am pretty methodical, as you know. I always know exactly where to put my hand on everything. Unlock the panel on the left-hand side. Tell me what you can see in the pigeonhole to the right.' Hetty unlocked the desk and searched as desired. "'There's nothing whatever in that pigeonhole,' she said. "'As I expected,' cried Lawrence. "'Stolen. There's a pretty piece of valuable information for you. The person who stole that is at the bottom of the crime. In other words, the key to the future movements of the criminal is in my hands.'" End of Chapter 19 Chapter 20 Uneasy Lies the Head the rose-tinted silken blinds were drawn in the boudoir the house in lytton avenue was hushed there was a smell of eau de cologne on the perfumed air society deeply regretted to hear that countess lalage was suffering from nervous prostration leona lalage lay there pressing her hands to her head fiercely it was only latterly that she had suffered from these nerve troubles hitherto she had regarded herself as absolutely invincible to anything of the kind a queer sort of fainting fit had been followed by a ghastly sense of fear intrigue had hitherto been the very air that this woman breathed now she was frightened every ring of the bell sent her heart into her mouth She was horribly frightened. If she could only have seen her antagonist, it would have been bearable. But she was fighting shadows. Whichever way she turned, she found herself checkmated and beaten. Somebody had found her out. It must be so, because all her plans were anticipated by the terrible antagonist who worked in the dark. Her case was much like that of a despairing criminal who takes one huge sum to conceal the loss of another until the inevitable crash comes. If my brain gives way now, she muttered, if my reason plays me false now, even for a day, I—but I dare not think of it. Well, what do you want? A liveried servant, looking into the darkened room, murmured that Dr. Bruce had arrived. Bruce came in with his softest professional manner. He was sorry to hear that anything was wrong. He asked a great many pertinent questions. You have overdone yourself, he said, with his cool hand on the fevered pulse. Few men could stand the strain of your present life. You must go away at once to some very quiet place and be in the open air all day. Leona Lalage laughed aloud. The touch of those cool fingers thrilled her. To go away now, to abandon it all, just when— Ah, the thing was impossible she might just as well have cast herself off waterloo bridge excuse me she gasped i am a little mad to-day my dear boy i cannot go away the thing is impossible if you could only look into my heart but nobody can do that oh gordon gordon her voice sank to a thrilling whisper bruce touched her hand soothingly the mere contact of his fingers seemed to madden her "'Don't do that,' she said, in the same strained whisper. "'If you only knew how I cared for you, how I love you, there is nothing I would not do for you. I am rich and powerful, and men who know say I am beautiful. Take me away, make me your wife, and you shall never know a moment's pain. Your good name is gone, Gordon, but what does that matter, if—' She paused as Gordon recoiled from her. His eyes were full of loathing. "'Forget this,' he said sternly. "'Put it from your mind, as I shall do. "'It is a passing madness. "'My future wife would blush if she could hear you.' The woman's eyes dilated, her bosom heaved. She might have been waking as from a trance. She was fighting passionately for the mastery of herself. It was a short, sharp fight, but it left her trembling from head to foot, "'Forget it,' she said hoarsely. "'I—I I never meant a word of it. "'Leave me now. "'Send me something to soothe these frayed nerves of mine. "'Only leave me alone.' "'The door closed quietly behind Bruce.' Just for a moment the lace-clad figure lay motionless on the couch. Then she rose and swept up and down the room like a tornado. She had shown her hand, she had betrayed her secret, and the man who had her heart scorned her. She was filled with shame and rage and hate. I began to be sorry, she murmured. My remorse spoilt my rest. I thought that all the world would turn from him and that he would come to me, and then— "'Well, the dream is dispelled, for he will never come to me now. "'They say that a woman who loves at forty is capable of every madness. "'I was mad just now, and now there is but one thing to live for. "'I will live for that. "'Ah, yes, I will live for that.' She sat down quietly for a moment with her hands locked together. That indomitable will was acting on the racked body. She crept upstairs before dinner, white and shaky. She came down, shimmering in white and diamonds in her magnificent hair and corsage, smiling, brilliant, as if she had the whole world at her feet. Hetty looked at her with dazed admiration. "'That dreadful headache has gone,' the Countess cried. "'I am myself again. We will dine quietly together, you and I, and go to hear Melba presently. Come, you can leave Mamie for just one night.' Leona Lalage swept into her box later on with the air of one who feels that she is the centre of all attraction. Society was charmed and gratified. Distinguished men dropped into the box on the grand tier and whispered their congratulations. The brilliant stream of diamonds in her hair was no brighter than the woman's eyes. The house was fairly full on the fall of the curtain after the first act of the new opera there was light and life and movement there and melba was scoring new triumphs the curtain fell on the second act amidst a crash of applause and the waving of handkerchiefs leona lalage had an artistic soul and she was moved wonderful she cried ah to have a gift like that to think that the human voice she paused as some one entered the box A slight, dark man, almost a half-caste, with black hair and glasses. He was immaculately dressed. His style was quiet, with a touch of humility about it. "'Countess,' he said, "'I kiss your hand. I have come from Paris to see you. If I could have a word with you alone—' "'Louis!' the countess cried. "'Ah, this is good of you. We will have a little chat in the foyer. Hetty, will you keep guard till I return?' Her smile was light and pleasant, but it faded to a white mask once she and her companion were outside the box. Quick, she whispered, quick, has the blow fallen? A blow, said the other, that is a poor word. It is absolute destruction. End of chapter 20 End of section 10